Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody. Luke's English Podcast is made possible in two ways. One of those ways is through donations. If you'd like to make a donation then that would be very much appreciated. It's a very sincere way for you to say thank you. You can just click on any of the donate buttons buttons on the website, all right? The other thing is you can take advantage of that Audible offer. I've told you about it enough. Just click on an Audible picture on the website or go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash Audible and you can sign up for a 30-day trial. You can download a free audio book. Jobs are good and all right? Bob's your uncle and that sort of thing, Okay. Right then, now let's get down to it. Let's get started with this new episode and here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Here is a new episode for your listening pleasure. Um, Just before we get started, uh, here are just uh, three announcements or bits of news which I'd like to just say to you. First of all, um, I've received loads and loads of emails recently, especially over the Christmas holiday period. Um, I managed to write back to quite a few of them, but unfortunately, some of them, uh, some of the emails I get do go unanswered. So I don't manage to answer all of them. So I would just like to say sorry if I didn't get back to you recently with your emails. Uh, but do remember, even if I don't reply to emails, I love getting messages from you, my listeners. Uh, and so please know that I read everything that's sent to me, even if I don't get the chance to respond to all of them. Um, secondly, uh, the Luke's English podcast photo competition is nearly uh, the the kind of, what, what am I saying, the time frame, the window for sending me your images is nearly finished. The 15th of January is when the, the competition closes. Um, I've received loads of photos, um, so... Once once the, the date has arrived, once the ending date, the deadline has come, the 15th of January, I will then collect all the photos together and I'll post them all onto the website and then you can vote for your favourites. And the one that gets the most votes will get a Luke's English Podcast mug plus a t-shirt or bag. So this is a proper competition with prizes and everything. I'm promising to send the winner not just a Luke's English Podcast mug, as if that wasn't enough. No, it's more than that. Even more than that, you're also going to get either a t-shirt or bag. It's up to you. It's a a, a t-shirt either for men or women um, and uh, a tote bag with the Luke's English Podcast logo on it. This is, you know, this is really decent stuff. This is prime merchandise that people all over the world would love to get their hands on. Um, If you win the photo competition, you'll get either the t-shirt or the bag, and a mug. The runners-up will get a mug each, okay? Um, So get excited, basically. That's what I'm saying. Get excited about this competition. It's going to be amazing. Just think about the incredible prizes that are up for grabs in this amazing competition. Um, So I've, I've loved seeing all the photos that you've sent to me. Personally, I love seeing the context in which you're listening to this podcast. It's really cool. 
uh, to see people in different countries, in different situations. I've had people on mountains. I've had people uh, in cars driving around. I've had people in different working situations and stuff, all sorts of different things. Um, And I'm looking forward to sharing all of those photos on the website for everyone to see. Um, Now, since we're talking about competitions, um, this is actually usually the time of year that I ask you to vote for me in the Macmillan Love Dictionary Awards, all right? Because like the last four years, I've asked you to vote for me, and you have, and then I've won those competitions because of your votes. So thanks again for all of that. Um, This is usually the time of year that I'm asking you to to vote for me, but um, it seems that this year, Macmillan are not running the competition. I don't know why. Maybe they got fed up with me winning it every time. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that competition is not happening. But I would like to ask you a favour, and that is if you know of any other awards at all on the internet for learning English websites or learning English online services or anything like that, you know, like learning English podcasts or learning English websites and stuff, if you know about any competitions for that stuff, then uh, please do consider nominating me and my podcast uh, because awards are a great way of bringing exposure to the podcast. Uh, The Macmillan Awards were always really helpful for sort of bringing new audience members to my show every year and also for just giving the website a bit of kudos as well. It kind of probably looked pretty good when people visited the website and they saw that it had won an award or two. And so that's, you know, something that helps to support the podcast. So please do nominate and laminate. You can... And laminate as well. If you... (laughs) Uh, actually, try and don't laminate Luke's English podcast. Don't don't cover me in plastic. I won't be able to breathe. Uh, don't laminate the podcast uh, unless, of course, you print out the transcript for an episode and then you can laminate it. You know, you know what laminating is, don't you? That's when you kind of cover a piece of card or paper in plastic. It's something that English language teachers like to do. You know, when you if you're an English language teacher, you might know what this is all about. Because if you created, let's say, a really great series of flashcards that you're going to use again and again and again, you you will probably want to laminate them. And if you've laminated your flash your flashcards, then that means you're really serious about your teaching and your materials development. I once years ago, I once made, and you won't be surprised about this because you know that I'm a huge Star Wars geek, as I've uh, already established. Uh, but years ago, I made a series of flashcards for for a game of Star Wars Top Trumps. Do you know what Top Trumps is? I don't know if you've got that where you come from, but it's a kind of a card game where um, you have to sort of battle with a friend. Let's say it's let's say it's cars, okay. Um, you might have cars or something, and uh, you'd have a picture of a car, a particular kind of a particular model of car, and then there are different categories uh, with values associated with those categories. Like you get speed, power, um, what acceleration, um, horsepower, you know those sorts of categories. Maybe price, um, that sort of thing. So all these different categories, and if your car beats your opponent's car in that category, then you win your opponent's card. And the, the ultimate aim is to collect all of the cards. So I created my own version of Star Wars Top Trumps. And yes, of course, I had them laminated. So I've got my own laminated set of Star Wars Top Trumps. Now, um, how did I end up talking about this? That's it. I, I said to you, please do nominate Luke's English Podcast. But I, I sort of messed up when I said the word nominate and I said something else. 
nom- n- nominate, l- lominate, lominate first, which isn't a word. No idea what lominate is. So if you, I mean, you can lominate the podcast, but I think first of all, you need to know what lominate means before you're actually able to do that. I mean, I'd be surprised if you could lominate it maybe by accident. Um, so no, lominate isn't a word. That was just a, a, a sort of slip of the tongue. And then I ended up saying laminate, um, but uh, no, don't laminate me because if you cover me in plastic, in if you cover me in hot plastic, then first of all, you'll probably burn my skin. And secondly, I won't be able to talk because I'll be suffocating inside plastic. So don't do that. But please do nominate my podcast for any awards that you're aware of. If you think I deserve it, of course. You might not think I deserve it. You might think, no, no, Luke. No, I'm not nominating you for an award. Uh, because, first of all, you talked about Star Wars far too much in the previous episode. Uh, you know, you did two Star Wars episodes quite close to each other and uh i you know i don't really like science fiction and that was a bit much for me so frankly luke i'm not going to nominate you or laminate you or even lominate you or any of those words no um i'm just going to continue to listen to your podcast for free and i'm not going to donate any money and i'm going to leave hateful comments on on the internet so no don't be a troll Anyway, if you if you think that I deserve it and you know about a competition, please nominate Luke's English podcast. All right. Third thing, third third thing, and I have again, I haven't really even started the episode yet. Third thing, uh, I just wanted to say something about disappearing comments, and I'm also asking for your help a little bit. So, if you've visited my website teacherluke.co.uk, you might have noticed that um, comments have disappeared from the front page of the website. So the front page is, you know, just teacherluke.co.uk. It says, hello and welcome. There's a bit of text about the podcast. There's um, an embedded series of audio players. And then usually there's a space where you can read comments from listeners. And it's comments from you. Well, not maybe not you individually. I don't know. But comments from you in general, that my, my audience, usually saying very nice things like, oh, thanks, these podcasts, they're really great, which is wonderful. Um, but... Uh, so normally I have all those comments that show there, um, and those comments are really important for me because any new visitors that come to the site can see those positive comments, and it's just a really great endorsement of my podcast. Uh, but the comments are gone. They've just disappeared, just gone, and I don't know why, okay? And I find that really quite annoying, Um now, I run the website myself. I'm like the webmaster of teacherluke.co.uk, and I'm no expert at website management or anything like that, as you might be able to tell, because my website, you know, it's a little bit sketchy in places, but it does the job. Uh, the site looks pretty basic, but it basically does the job. You know, it does what it says on the tin. Um, I use um, a service called WordPress, which you might be aware of, to manage the site, So if any of you out there can explain to me why the comments on my front page have disappeared, then I would really appreciate it, okay? Uh, The the comments box is still there. There's a little box that allows you to write a comment. That's still there. And also the comments are all still visible to me from my admin dashboard, but for some reason they're just not showing up on the front page. Um, Comments are visible on all other pages and posts on my site, Uh, But I just don't know why they're not showing up on the front page. I think it might be something to do with the template and the .php files and stuff like that. 
but that's getting a bit too advanced and it also gives me a bit of a headache all that that stuff about templates and .php files ah oh, no and also i'm a bit cautious about messing with the template files of my website because i don't want to sort of you know i don't want to uh create a rift in the space time continuum or something no i don't want to do that um but if you know about this kind of stuff, if you're a, a WordPress expert, then and if, if you think that you've got the answer, then do let me know if you've got a solution to my missing comments section. But, you know, only let me know if you think you've really got the answer, okay? Don't just send me a message with a half, half, half-baked response. Just give me something that you really think will be useful as a way of explaining why my comments have disappeared and how I can get them back again, okay? Because... Um, Sometimes you ask people for information like that and they will just, because they want to help you, they'll just tell you some stuff that's not actually that useful. You know what I mean? Like when you're driving somewhere and you get lost and you stop to ask someone for directions and that person's just too polite to say to you, sorry, I don't know. Like they don't want to seem stupid or impolite. And so they feel obliged to just tell you the directions even if they don't really know themselves. I'm sure you've been in that situation before. You're like kind of driving. You're like, oh, God, I'm lost. I'll, hey, I'll ask this friendly-looking man if he can help me. And you can, you pull up the car and wind down the window. Excuse me, kind-looking gentleman. Can you tell me how to get to, I don't know, can you, can you tell me how to get to the town hall, please? And the person clearly doesn't know. And they go, um, yeah, I think, you, I think you just go down this road, take a right, and um, I th- it's... It's sort of, you turn right down here and then turn left and, and you just sort of keep going along that main road, okay? If you, you might see a cliff, just keep going, all right? Just go all the way over the cliff. Don't worry if you see rocks coming, rushing towards you at speed. Uh, you're going to be fine. I'm sure the town hall, it's in that direction somewhere. And you kind of think to yourself, you just, you don't know, do you? Why, why are you wasting both of our time? Um, you could have just said, sorry, I don't know. Because I'm not going to think you're an idiot if you don't know, you know? I'm going to be like, fair enough. Thanks anyway. I'll, I'll ask the next stupid person I come across. So don't be one of those guys. Don't be like, yeah, yeah, your WordPress uh, comments, that's probably to do with um, the CSS encoding on the homepage template of the front page. Just, just keep it simple and just try and give me a response that's going to fix my comments thing, please. Okay, right, so that's enough technical stuff. All right, I don't want to bore you with any more technical stuff. Let me now hurry up and introduce this episode of Luke's English Podcast. Okay, so as you know, um, I was back home in England this Christmas, and while I was there, I managed to record a few rambling conversations with various members of my family. You already heard the geeky conversation that I had with James about Star Wars, if you indeed if you indeed did listen to that episode, maybe you skipped it if you're not a Star Wars fan. Fair enough. I'm not going to judge you. Uh, but you already heard the the conversation with James. But in this episode, uh, I am speaking to my mum and my dad as well. Okay? So it's like, you know, Christmas with the Thompsons. Christmas with the Thompsons. Um, at Christmas time, or in fact, whenever we're together as a family, we generally like to sit around and just talk rubbish for a while. Um, it's just what we do. We like to sit around uh, and just talk rubbish, often over a glass of wine or a meal or something like that. It's a sort of family tradition with the Thompsons. Um, I expect it's the same thing for many of you. You just sit around with your family and you talk rubbish. You might argue a little bit sometimes as well. I think that's quite normal. Um, I like talking rubbish with my parents 
And as a family, I think that we're actually quite good at wittering on about whatever comes into our heads. Usually there's some sort of disagreement that happens as well, usually a bit of arguing and bickering involved. Uh, Like you may have heard a few years ago in another episode of Luke's English Podcast, which was called Family Arguments and Debates. Remember that one? That was an episode in which I recorded uh, some arguments and discussions with my mum, my dad and my brother about various things. Remember that? Well, here is another one, basically. Uh, For this episode, I decided that I would like to give you the chance to listen in on one of our conversations. I'd like to listen in on. Yeah, that's that's English. Uh, I'd like to give you the chance to listen in on one of our family rambling sessions. Or in a more simple way, you could say, I'd like to give you the chance to listen to one of our family rambling sessions. But if you say, I'd like to give you the chance to listen in on a conversation, it sort of suggests that you're you're not taking part in the conversation, but you're sort of overhearing it and maybe uh, listening like a bit like a spy. You're, you're kind of uh, eavesdropping, that kind of thing. I mean, in this case, I don't expect you to eavesdrop. I'm, you can imagine that I've invited you in and I've said, there you go. If you'd like to come into the living room, just sit there. There's a nice, comfortable seat there next to the fire. Listen to the conversation. Don't take part. Please don't speak. Um, I just would like you to... Uh, I'm just inviting you to be an audience member at this conversation. That would be a strange situation, inviting you into my home, sitting you down in a chair and saying, uh, welcome, would you like a cup of tea? There you go. Now, don't say anything for, an hour, for about an hour. That would be strange. No, that's not, what, that's not what's happening. No. Um, but I am inviting you to listen to this rambling chat with my family, all right? You can imagine that for an hour you've joined us at my family's home, in Warwick, you've had a glass of wine or three, and now we're all sitting around enjoying each other's company and generally setting the world to rights. In terms of language learning, because that's what this is all about after all, isn't it? Luke's English Podcast is about learning English. In terms of language learning, well, there is no specific target language which I'm teaching you in this episode. Instead, I'm just letting you hear some natural conversation between native speakers. Um, As usual, I recommend that you just try to follow the conversation, try to understand it all, uh, get carried away with it and the subjects and the comments and the bits of humour and stuff that come through. Um, Think about your own responses to the questions that I'm asking my family. Try to notice certain bits of language, okay? Just sort of, you know, listen carefully, Be mindful, try to notice bits of language and grammatical usage as it comes up naturally. Um, My parents are both educated and well-spoken people, as you will hear in the conversation. They have have standard British uh, accents. They speak received pronunciation, um, which is like BBC English. You know, it's a kind of standard form of British English. In fact, my dad worked for the BBC as a news broadcaster for many years. Uh, My mum works in a charity bookshop, and also she likes to study subjects uh, like art and history in her free time. You will also hear my brother James, who you already know. He's a freelance designer who still likes skateboarding in his free time, even though he's getting on a bit now. And last year, he fell off his skateboard and dislocated his shoulder. Remember that? Um, we did a podcast about it. You can hear all about the story of how he dislocated his shoulder in episode number 180, which was called, imaginatively, Dislocated Shoulder. Uh, James also 
pretty much speaks with received pronunciation, but he also has a bit of a London accent because he lives in South London. So it's kind of what used to be received pronunciation, uh, but it's it's got sort of some influence of a bit of South London accent. You can hear it. Maybe he will drop some of his teas sometimes. Um, not cups of tea, no. I just mean that when he speaks, if, let's say if you say the word water, water. Now, if you drop your tea, which is quite typical in the UK, it sounds a bit like water. So you might hear him dropping a few teas, which is quite normal um, if you live in London. So anyway, that's a little bit of just uh, uh, info about their accents and stuff. So in this episode, uh, I wanted to just get my family talking. So I prepared some random questions and posed them to the group. If you like, you can write your answers to any of the questions in this episode. That's a really good way for you to interact and practice your English at the same time. Okay, so now just sit back, relax and enjoy this rambling conversation about everything and nothing recorded in the company of the Thompsons at Christmas time. All right, well I'm I'm here in the living room. There's a there's a genuine uh fire burning in a stove behind me. It's lovely and warm. I've got my dad, my mum and my brother in front of me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Fine, thanks. Having a nice Christmas? We certainly Superb. are. Yes. What have you been doing, James? Eating. <laughs> That's Drink, it. Drinking wine and talking rubbish. Okay, just the usual stuff. Has it been a good Christmas this year, Mum? Yes, I think so. It's been very nice. It's been yes. lovely. Usual sort of thing. Lots of cooking, lots of food, lots of presents, okay. lots of laughs. Very good. How about you, Dad? Anything yes, it's say? been great so far. And um, we've been playing some silly games, which we like to do at Christmas. It's kind of traditional. And uh, having a kind of little competition to see who's winning. And guess who's winning at the moment? Luke. Is that normal then? Am I usually the one who wins? Yes, you're usually the one who wins. I think you're usually the one who wins, Luke. Yeah. Okay. Generally, yeah. Just born lucky. Oh, right. I didn't realise that. So I'm I'm the one who wins games in this family. Oh, that's nice to know. Um, Now, I thought since I've got you all together in a room at the same time, um, that I would uh, stick microphones in front of you and, and record you, record your voices, so that my listeners can listen to the voices of my, my family members. You've been on the podcast before, yes. all of you. Do you remember the, the occasions? Uh, in this which time last year, we did Desert Island Discs. Marooned with our music. We didn't call it Desert <gasps> Island Discs. Oh, no, Discs. we didn't. Sorry, I because didn't mean to say copyright that. Yes. BBC. Marooned with my music. That's right. All of you. Yes. So you've now just admitted that Maroon with my music is a direct <laughs> infringement of Desert Island. I think Discs. it was obvious, copyright. wasn't it? <laughs> it's just very similar to it. Inspired by. Okay. Tributed. I may Tributed. have listeners who started listening to the podcast sometime in 2015, maybe in the middle, and they haven't heard Marooned with my music. Um, so they can go back and check those episodes out. There's an episode for each family member there. Um, and uh, you've all been on the podcast in various different mm. ways before. No need to go into it, but uh, if my listeners go into the episode archive, then they can find all of those <coughs> episodes there and check them out, so they can kind of get to know you a little bit better. Now, in this one, what I thought I'd do is that um, 
I would just ask you some random questions. There's okay. no game. There's no there's there's no competitive element to this. Good. Except for the fact that if you give boring answers, then you will lose. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Th- that's the only rule. You can't be boring. Okay, James. Hmm? <laughs> you also have to stay conscious. Skip to the end during the entire conversation. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Now we've we've had lunch. We ate like a nice, generous lunch prepared mm. uh, mainly by Mum, who normally does all the cooking, and and wine has been consumed and stuff like that. So stay awake mm. and don't be boring. Those are the two rules here. Okay. So what I'm going to do is the the, the idea is that I just want to elicit uh, y- your answers to these questions. Um, I've got fifty questions and these questions come from a variety of sources um some of them are just questions i thought of myself others are um based on an article i found on the guardian which was all about questions that had been designed by psychologists to help uh uh, people find uh uh, a good partner so questions that people ask each other in a dating situation uh, this is not a dating situation no it though, certainly is it? isn't you think we need to find a good partner each certainly day. not in the within the context of the family anyway they're just questions that would form the basis of an interesting conversation and other questions that I found from other places too, all right? But they're not English language-based questions. No, they're not questions about grammar or questions about vocabulary or anything like that. Why don't like we that. start and then we'll find out? Yeah, let's just, let's get started. I'm, I bear in mind that you're, you're speaking to people who usually don't have English as a first language, so it might be necessary to explain things if, if I think... Uh, if I think we need to explain something, I'll ask you to explain, all right? Yeah. Don't get impatient, um, let's get started. Now, um, Mum, you can go first. Oh, Just God. pick a number. Um, Just pick a number and I'll ask you the seven. question. Number seven. All right. Um, so here's a, here's a question uh, and it's about driving. Oh. And it's simply, do you have any driving tips? Now, how long have you been driving? Um, I've been driving for about 42 years, something like that. Right. So you should know how to drive. Do you have any general tips for Well, for I driving? should know how to drive and I thought I drove reasonably well, but recently I was um um I got caught for speeding. You did, didn't you? Yeah. I did. <laughs> so I am now very knowledgeable because I had to go to a spot they call a speed awareness course. That was a a course that I had to go on to learn or relearn what I'd learned when I took my test basically. When you was when you were caught speeding, how fast were you driving? I was going at 40 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour limit. <sighs> were you about, pulled were you actually pulled 50, over? 50 kilometers. It's about 50 kilometres an hour. Uh, yeah, or a bit mm. over. Yeah. In a sort of in a 35 kilometre an hour yeah. limit yes. zone. Yeah. Were well, you actually pulled over by a copper in a car with flashing lights? No, I wasn't. Was there uh, a car I, chase? No. <laughs> we were dri- and, it, and it was annoying because it was a road I didn't know. We were driving back between Bristol and Bath in the dark and I didn't know the road. And as we were driving along... I saw a flash and I realised I'd gone through a speed camera. Oh dear. So it wasn't a surprise a few days later to get an envelope in the post saying that I'd been found exceeding the speed limit and that I could either have three points on my driving licence and pay a £100 fine or I could go on a course and pay £80 for the course and not have any points on my licence. So that's what I did. Did you learn anything on the I course? I did. It was, it was really good. I'm really glad I did it. Oh, okay. Would mm. you have done it if, you, if they hadn't forced you to do it? Well, probably not. I probably wouldn't have thought of doing it. Right. So uh, it's very good. Just tell tell us one thing that you learnt on this speed awareness course. Well, I learnt um, how to differentiate 
what definitely what is a 30 mile an hour limit because it is a little bit confusing. Um, and what I discovered was that if you're driving through an area that has street lamps, yeah. then it is a 30 mile an hour limit unless there are uh, little signs on lamp posts every now and then saying 40. Okay. In which case you can go at 40 miles an hour. This is the way that the, the speed sort of limit in the UK works, basically. Yeah. If there are street lights, it's 30 miles an hour. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So do you, what, what's your one tip for, for people driving anywhere or driving in the UK? Oof, well, I suppose I'd say uh, my tip for anyone driving anywhere is to drive not very quick, not to speed, not to go too quickly and to be very, very aware of where you're driving and what you're what the conditions are and just be very uh, to concentrate um, on driving all the time not not to listen to the radio or be talking to people or so that you forget what you're doing and you're not really paying attention because it's a very dangerous thing do you think that people should be listening to luke's english podcast when they're driving definitely not far too <laughs> far too um distracting to be listening to because you it's Luke. so fascinating that they would end up uh, just listening yeah. and they wouldn't focus on the driving absolutely Right, okay. I know that a lot of people listen to this while they're driving. That's oh, well, all. I do hope they're very, very careful while they're doing it. Okay. All right, then. Good. Slow down, okay? Yes. Take it easy. Just slow down, for goodness sake. All right, I then. can tell you something. that I saw something on the TV once which said, what is the biggest cause of injuries to people who have been driving? And the biggest cause of injuries is driving too close to the car in front of you. Ah. And it causes most injuries. Really? Uh, people being caught out when the car in front puts its brakes on and running, running into the back of it is the main cause of injuries. Tailgating, they call it. Yeah, when you're very close to somebody like that, it's a horrible thing. It's actually a, a serious offence in this country. Driving very close behind uh, is regarded as dangerous driving, not just careless what driving. What do you do when someone's tailgating? Because you, you know, it's really Ignore annoying. You're, them. you're driving along and then someone is right up your ass. Um, well, this was one of the things that was discussed in the, in the class in some detail because a number of people, like me, said that that was one thing that put them off more than anything else when driving is when you've got someone right up behind you. And it's particularly bad at night when the, their lights, their headlights are shining in your mirror and then into your eyes and blinding you. Right. And it's very intimidating anyway to have someone driving so close behind what you. What are the things that, uh, that it's tempting to do in that situation? Well, to make signs at the driver or to put your, f your fog lights on to make, give them a warning or to slow down and then speed up and then slow, and all sorts of things. But what you should do is ignore them. And if you can't ignore them and they're too intimidating, the first chance you can, you pull over and let them pass you. Okay. Um, but you don't in any way antagonize them or show them that you're unhappy about the way they're driving because one thing we were told was and it's very true you can't affect anyone's driving other than your own and if you antagonize these people very often they're very aggressive and who knows what might happen at the next traffic lights when they draw alongside you you'll end up in a ronnie pickering situation yes i'll come out and uh, tell you what for and maybe injure off, you in some way for a, for a bare knuckle fight yeah. so make sure you're very well armed if you get into a situation <laughs> like always carry a gun no or a baseball bat in the car okay thanks mum that was yep. a, that was your question about driving mm. um, dad you can go next 15 15 okay oh so this, this is a question that um, is always taught to learners of English in sort of elementary 
level classes. And it's a question I wonder, you can tell me if we actually ask each other this question or not. The question is, what's your hobby? Oh. Uh, do we actually ask each other this question in, in general conversation? Not no. usually. We don't really, do no. we? We tend to say, what do you do? It's very old-fashioned, apart from anything else. If you're talking to someone you don't know very well, say, uh, do you have any hobbies? It sounds really weird. Like, um, the notion of a hobby is is very old-fashioned. Oh, mm. yes, I like, um, you know, making ships out of matchsticks. Or stamp collecting. Yes. Okay, well, what do we say then these days? If, if you want to, if you've met someone in a party or something and you've already asked them what their job is and you've had a conversation about that, then you want to know you something else. No. You don't ask them, do you have any hobbies? Because no. <laughs> you sound like a serial killer. You, you, like do. Yeah. you do sound very yeah. weird. You sound yeah. like a very strange person. So you have to say something like, what do you do in your, in your spare time? So mm. what you, what's your hing? But even that's pretty. Look, you say, what's your hing? What's your hing? What's your hing? Really? <laughs> what's Scottish. That? It means what's your thing. Oh, is it? To? Scottish what's accent? What's your thing? Oh. That's, it. That's, in, that's in Scotland. All right. All right. But you just say, so what, what, what kind of stuff are you into? Yeah. Are you mm. into gigs, music, going out, art? Mm-hmm. Mm. You kind of ask in a more casual way. So don't say, um, so uh, do you have any hobbies? <laughs> I asked a girl, I was on a date with a girl once and I said to her, what kind of music are you into? And she said, I hate that question. <laughs> it's not the most original question, especially coming from boys. I think it's a very blokey question. What kind of music are you into? She went, I hate that question. End Needless of relationship to- immediately. Yeah. It di- it disintegrated within <laughs> the next half an hour. Maybe it would have been best if she'd have kept that thought to herself and just gritted yes. it, answered the question quickly, yeah. and moved on. I think she was disappointed that I asked such a generic, such question. a lame question. Mm. Yeah, but you to have be said, honest, what are your hopes, dreams, and aspirations? <laughs> to be like honest, though, like that. when I did ask the question, I was desperate. I was grappling for questions. Mm. It was a kind of oh, the date's not going very well. I need to. I need something, and I, I just came across what kind of music do you like, and it was the best I could do. And to be honest, I think if we'd been getting on, if it had been right, if mm. she'd been the right girl, it wouldn't have mattered that I'd asked a generic question. I asked no. a girl that question once, and she said, um, "My favourite band of all time's got to be Coldplay." <laughs> oh, and uh, <laughs> she was very attractive, so I went. <clears throat> Okay, <laughs> I quite like Coldplay. You lied. <laughs> I lied. Needless to say, my brother's not a fan of Coldplay. Uh, Actually, I don't hate them quite as much as I used to. Why not? Because they've kind of got past that fashionable. They're not fashionable anymore. They're just there. So I find them less offensive. Oh, so the only reason you didn't like them is because, because they're other- being pushed so hard and everyone tells you they're great. When I tend to go the other way. But when everyone's like, oh, I'm bored of them now, I can listen to them more objectively. So you're just a hipster who only likes things that other people don't like. Yes. I see. Anyway, Dad, anyway, what is your hobby? Oh, dear. Well, that's that, that question. It's um, difficult because you're a workaholic, aren't you? I, well, I've always, I've always liked wildlife. I've always liked the outdoors. And I particularly like bird watching. And I know that it's a very British hobby. Um, but uh, it, it's um, something I'm very interested in and I enjoy. All right. Well, why? What you're like looking at birds? Like some people might think, well, birds are weird. They're creepy. They've got little eyes that, that you know, they're they're horrible little creatures. And people think of pigeons, don't they, when they think of birds? Do so they? they imagine you just in some sort of greasy raincoat staring at pigeons? No, they don't. Well, don't come they? on. They're, no, no, your listeners aren't quite that weird. Well, what's your most sort of um, uh, best or inspiring bird watching moment? Okay, you see, because. I like I like wildlife and and birds in particular because the we share this planet 
with lots and lots of species and we tend to live in an urban setting and you're not really aware of it like in the old days everybody was much more in tune with nature and they knew all about the birds they used to eat a lot more nature and everybody was aware of them and knew what they were and uh, and you know used to look forward to them singing in the spring and all that and now we're rather dissociated from it i think they're absolutely fascinating they're beautiful and they are very interesting and it's like most things the more you get to know about it the more interesting it becomes so best bird watching moment best moment i think i like birds of prey very much um that's those are birds that eat other birds yeah, and they, other they, animals. They, eagles hawks falcons that kind of thing owls difficult to see you know in fact very difficult to see but when you do see them they can be pretty spectacular mm-hmm. and i remember going to a place on in the east side of england which was, uh, it's called Minsmere. It's a very famous big bird reserve and they have reed beds and they have some very unusual big birds of prey called mm-hmm. harriers, marsh harriers. I remember the first time I saw a marsh harrier close up. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it's just this, you know, beautiful sunny day, the reeds hissing and swaying. You get this thing in your binoculars, it comes closer and closer and closer and closer. And then you can see every feather and you can see its eyes and see everything about it. And then it swooped down and grabbed a bird off the surface of the water and caused a big commotion amongst all the other birds. They all panicked and it flew off really very close. So it was, you know, they think this happens many times a day and has happened forever, for hundreds of thousands of years. And you, you hardly ever see it happen. Right. Okay. So you saw a what, which marsh, marsh, a marsh carrier taking another bird. Yeah, it was taking a coot. Dramatic. Okay. All right then. So uh, that was Dad's hobby, bird watching. Um, now, James, it's your turn. Put your mobile phone away. Sorry. Um, pick a number, please. Uh, Between one and fifty. Can I have two, please? Yeah. Number two. If you could give some advice to your teenage self, what would you say? Okay, so you're now sort of your. It's a difficult. It's a, it's a risky road to go down that one because then you start. There's no really point in analysing the past too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd probably say do a bit more work, you lazy bastard. Really, <laughs> if you could give advice to yourself now, and I'd also say, right. if you feel anxious about things, don't worry. It's just because you're that age. As you get older, you realise none of that really matters. So, Did you feel anxious about things when you well, were a teenager? I think when you're younger, a teenager, things seem more scary, more... You worry more what people think of you. You worry if you're cool or not. You worry if people are going to like you. You're just generally not so sure of yourself. Mm-hmm. So don't worry so much and do more work. Um, that's about it, yeah. Would you agree with that, you two? Yes, certainly... As far as James is concerned, I think that would have been very good advice for me. But and so, yeah, I mean, I would say similar things to my teenage self, as well as well, the main thing I would say to my teenage self would be have more confidence. You're better than you think you are. Right. Uh, I think that would have made a lot of. Except I probably wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't <laughs> you would have, have taken any this notice. Weird ghost yes. coming back talking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably thought, "Who are you, yes. weird woman with strange futuristic Star Trek clothing?" Um, okay, all right. So we go back to you, Mum, and uh, yeah, pick a pick a number. Oh, um, number twenty. Number twenty. All right. So if you were able to live to the age of ninety and retain either the mind or body of a thirty-year-old for the last sixty years of your life, which would you want? So basically, imagine you're living to the age of ninety. Would you like to keep 
the body of a 30-year-old or the mind of a 30-year-old until the age of 90? Uh, very, very difficult because I quite like my mind the way it is now, mm-hmm. my 66-year-old mind, and I don't think I'd want the mind of a 30-year-old, although I suppose, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll go for, assuming I can keep the mind I've got, Yeah, um, I'll go for the body. What would you do with that body? Ooh, all sorts of things. <laughs> I'd be able to guess <laughs> anything up from, you can tell us. I'd be able to guess up from the floor without going. Ooh, is that is that the main thing? That you, yeah. Whenever you get up, you have to go. Ooh, yeah, that's right. And I wouldn't have achy back and achy legs, and um, you know, I'd be able to walk and run and play games and all those things I didn't do when I was thirty. Do you feel like you are, uh, in terms of your mind, are you better now than you were when you were thirty? I think I am. Yeah. I don't remember things in the same way, but I prefer the way my mind works now than it did when I was 30. What's the difference? 36 years of experience, I suppose. Okay. All right, then. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> that was question number 20, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dad, your turn. Number, another number, please. Oh, number one. Please. Number one. Um, if you could have done something differently in your life, what would you have done? So it's another one of these looking back at the past... Uh, any regrets kind of thing. So if you could have done something differently, w- would you have done something else? And if so, what? That's a, it's a very difficult question because I don't, I don't really believe in having regrets. Uh, and I think that, you know, I don't really think I've got any big regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it might sound a little bit smug or it might sound can't be true you know you must regret something but i can't immediately think of anything i particularly regret and i you know i'm glad um of all you know the things i've done really and um you know i've got an awful lot to be thankful for compared with a lot of other people so i don't regret anything and i don't think i would have done anything important differently at all i think i perhaps i should have kept playing piano that's something I do regret. When I was a child, I had piano lessons, mm. and I hated the piano teacher. Why? She was, she was really horrible. She, apart from the fact she was kind of very ugly old woman uh, who smelled of mothballs, those things you put in the wardrobe to preserve your clothes, and she drank sherry while giving the piano lesson. Right. She also used to hit your hands with a ruler if you got it wrong. Oh, God. Can you believe that? You smack your fingers with a ruler if you got it wrong. There's no way to encourage your students. No, absolutely unbelievable. And so um, when we moved house and, you know, the, my mother said, you're going to continue piano lessons, I simply refused. I said, I don't want to do piano lessons. Right. I hate it. But th- and th- that was a great pity, really, because this woman put me off piano. And I'd rather have, I should have continued... Yeah. Because it would be great to be able to play piano now, wouldn't it? And I to mean, play piano. You know, it, yes, even play piano. <laughs> no, it would be good. That's the only thing I can think of, Luke. Okay, even that jacket that you bought. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. That was question number one. James, your turn. Put your phone away. God, typical, isn't Look, it? If you didn't tell your audience I was looking at my phone, they wouldn't know. I know, but... You're uh, making your podcast worse <laughs> by saying that. I'm only saying it just because it annoys me. Um, right, so pick a number then, please. Uh, 13. 13. Unlucky for some. All right, so uh, what season do you like the best? Spring, summer, autumn or winter? <laughs> That's a stupid question. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a stupid question. <laughs> Why is that a stupid question? I like all of them. I don't like any of them. I think I like... 
autumn quite a lot. Also, you, like you're telling me you don't like spring more than winter. Not necessarily. What's so great about winter? It goes nice and cold and sort of it's atmospheric. I don't know. It makes you appreciate spring more. You can go <laughs> snowboarding if you get the chance. You can have snowball fights. You can sit around getting warm and go for wintry yeah. walks and all that. Okay. okay, I like I like all of them, I think. Sorry. Okay. You were going to say you liked autumn. I like autumn, but I don't, it's also my least favourite. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's atmospheric, but also the, it's always wet and mulchy, so you can't skate. Mulchy. 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 What's, what's dead mulchy? leaves are called mulch. Like all the dead leaves when they sort of... Become... Die and turn into mulch. Right. Mm. So you just don't like mulch. Everything else is fine. I like the atmospheric look of autumn, but I don't like the fact that it's quite mulchy. <laughs> so there's one thing we've learned from this. You don't like mulch. Not a big Snow, fan of mulch. Snow, uh, rain, wind, cold There is something nice about spring when it comes around after the, the cold of winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only nice because it's only a quarter of the year. It's special because it's limited. But it's, it's, there is no mulch in spring. Okay, spring's my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to convince you that spring is better. I, mean, I'm I just... think it's a very silly question and I don't have a favourite season. I'm sorry. All right, very silly question. I'm just being a bit practical about this. What, an, what, what, a, what an indictment of the, this episode that I asked sorry, you a silly question. Sorry, it's not question. poetic, but I like them all. Okay, that's fine. Okay, then. Um, Am I out of order? You're banished. You've been banned. No, you're, of course not. Uh, thank you for your answer. Um I feel like there should be some competitive element to this, don't you? To make it more exciting. No. Look, Luke, you win. Be... Okay, you win. Why does no, it have to no. be competitive? I don't know. I just feel like there needs to be some drama involved. But uh, it doesn't have to be. It can just be a nice, friendly nice conversation. You've got a minute to answer each question. <laughs> and if, you, if you don't satisfactorily answer the question within one minute, you will be given a slap Answer the question. Answer the question. That gets louder and louder and louder until we're all screaming in the person's face. Answer the question! <laughs> okay, Mum? Yes. Number, please. Um, 24. 24. We're going to keep going, by the way, until we get to about an hour. Okay. Uh, question number 24. Okay, if a crystal ball, or in fact any other object, could, um, could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Absolutely nothing. So, if you had a quest- a crystal ball that could tell you anything, you wouldn't want to. Know. I wouldn't look at it. It's really? an impossible yeah. question because that implies that fate exists mm. and that there is a set one route that you're going to follow. It's in not life. necessarily life a- isn't like that. If you looked in a crystal ball and it said you are going to die age 101, that would then imply that you're you have no way of deviating from that path. It's not necessarily Whereas life isn't like that. It's not necessarily about the future, though. It could be about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else. But I don't need a, a, um, a bit of crystal, a bit of dead stuff. You've got Google <laughs> <laughs> to tell me about my life. I know about my life. Thank you very much. If you need well, a bit of crystal, you you know you're buggered. I don't frankly. know. I know about the past. I know about what's happening at this moment. I don't want to know about what's coming. Uh, apart from the fact it's impossible to know what's coming anyway. Um, and uh, I wouldn't, don't see the value. So there isn't, I mean, it says anything else. So there isn't one question that you'd like to know. Like, for example, I don't know. Just I, some... I agree with them both. I mean, we just don't believe that it is possible to know what's going to happen in the future in any way at all. And we also, we don't want to know. You wouldn't want to know, for example, 
was was John F. Kennedy killed by? Um, uh, no. Yes. Anything else? It says in the question. Oh. Would you, anything if you, at all. Anything well, else? Well, it just gives you facts, information. It says, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Oh all right. Well, ask well, it, is go, there go, a god? I'll go for Lord Lucan. <laughs> what, what what happened to Lord Lucan? Lord now Lu- your listeners will never have heard of what Lord if the Lucan. crystal? Goes, I might do an episode about. But Lord he was Lucan. a celebrated case, a, 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 a very upper class lord who um, uh, apparently murdered his child's nanny in the dark one night, thinking it was his thinking wife. it was his wife, <clears throat> and then he disappeared. And uh, rumour has it that some of his high-class friends helped him to escape out of the country. And every now and then people say, I think I may have seen Lord Lucan in Argentina or in south of France or somewhere. Yeah. But they never have. It's basically a famous mystery from the it's UK. famous mystery. Whatever but happened to Lord what Lucan? What happened to Lord Lucan? This lord who disappeared the and there was a mystery about a murder around him. What actually happened? So you'd like to know what happened to yes, Lord I Lucan? Yes, I would, yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Mum? Uh, you've, you've, um, okay. I'd like to know who Jack the Ripper was. Who was Jack the Ripper? Okay. James, do you have one? Yeah, loads. I mean, how long have I got with this crystal? <laughs> you got one question. I'd like to bring down some big corporations. Does it is it submissible as evidence? This no. crystal, no. So it's just anecdotal evidence that you can it's take on, on face. It's not on paper. Just for but your the own crystal's magic. Can you not prove that it's magic? Okay. Somehow? Well, then you'd have to ask a very complicated question, which would be: Can you give me written evidence of <laughs> uh, various corporate uh, corruption? at the highest level, which I can then use in a court of law in order to bring down the status quo and end the uh, the unethical practices of many of the world's largest corporations. <laughs> and it just simply the, says no. Yeah, the answer is yes. It's a net yes or no question, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah. All I'm right. intrigued. I'd like to know a bit more about the crystal before I answer. I mean, in what form does the information come to you? Just as a voice? I guess so. This is an oracle question. You know, the old ancient... In ancient times, was it Greece? They had the oracle. Yeah. And uh, that used to answer questions and would rule on on matters of justice as well. I mean, also... It, it is pops it... up in a strange form in Shakespeare's play, The Winter's Tale, where um, the uh, it, even though it's, it's set not in uh, Greece, as far as we can tell, um, the, the Duke still sends his messengers to consult the Oracle about something important. And when he gets the answer back, it isn't the answer he wants to hear, so he rejects it, and then he gets punished by fate. So um, you're talking about an Oracle here, a, a fount of all knowledge. You ask it questions, it will give you the truth. Yeah, I think it sends you an email. I think that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so could I say categorically, is there a God and which one is he? No, that's two questions in one. Oh, well, I had two bloody questions then. It's not, there's not a limit on the questions, is there? Is there a God, yes or no? You've got one question. If, if yes, can you describe in detail which denomination is correct and can we prove that one is right and one isn't right for all time? It could cause the end of the world, this Several sub-clauses in one yeah, question. Yeah, I think, I think we've the discovered... The crystal is dangerous. It is. I think. The whole concept of, a, of a, an oracle or crystal that will give you a definitive answer to any question basically will cause a huge rift yeah. in the space-time we continuum. It will. And the whole world will disappear cause inside a black nothing hole. nothing but trouble. Okay. And if it gives you information, can you say, can you give me the answer to perpetual motion? 
for instance? Or can you show me how to make eco-fuel that will actually work? Mm. Or you'd ask it one of those paradoxical questions, like, for example, if there is an all-powerful God, is it possible for him to create an object that he can't lift? <laughs> Think well, about that question. If, if, if God is, is uh, <laughs> uh, omnipotent, if he can do anything, can he create uh, a rock that's too heavy for him to lift? And no. the answer is no, he no. can't. Therefore, he's not omnipotent. Mm. All right, fine. A trick question. Right. Okay, all right, so there well, we go. That's like saying, can you lift an object that you can't lift? It's a pointless oh. question. Well, is it? Doesn't, doesn't asking the question mean that it's impossible to have an Im- Im- omnipotent, yeah. uh, omnipotent deity? You're being mm. too literal. I'm getting too, we're getting too deep. Yeah, too at this deep. Point. Keep it light. Too deep. Too deep. Okay, especially at Christmas, Can we which get a is bit a, shallower supposed now, to be. All right, let's <laughs> let's see if you come up with a more shallow question. Um, that was yours, wasn't it? The oracle, the yeah, crystal. Unfortunately, so that it means was. Dad, it's your turn then. Oh right. Well, let's have a higher number. No, no, you number. can't look oh, at the 49, questions. 49. Number forty-nine. Okay. All right then. So um, okay. Uh, you you wanted a, a less deep question. You've got it. So question 49 is, would you cut off one of your toes for a million pounds? Uh, no. Why not? Uh, because my toe's worth much more than a million. How much? I'd, I'd think about it for, say, three or four million. And as long as I could choose the toe. You can choose the toe. Yeah, well, it, it all depends, you know, what I would need. The thing is, of course, that these days, what can you get for a million pounds? You know, a yacht. Another toe? Yeah, I'd want to buy another toe, yes. Uh, no, I, I mean, in principle, I wouldn't dream of, uh, you know, damaging my body um, sacred for body. mere money. Um, what would you do it for, then? Just basically, could what, you please... What a strange question. Um, uh, if I had to protect somebody else, I might cut my toe off. So let's say they were going to cut James's toe off. Would you let Would you let them cut your toe off to protect his toe? Yes. No. Would you? Yes. I could survive finally. I mean, I've got eleven as it is, so <laughs> <laughs> I can do without one. I mean, mine. it is a very, very bizarre question. But the the original question was, you know, if someone offered you money to cut your toe off, the answer is no. James, no, thank you. And that's no. I really needed I, the money. I would. <laughs> I'm okay at the moment. I would. Yeah, but it makes it really hard to walk. You know, it's hmm. it's you'd be surprised. What, of, you'd be surprised. Your toe is quite toe an important makes. thing. Mm. There's a reason you have five of them. Yeah. And you would Ten. only find out how uncomfortable it is. You cripple yourself. Later. You wouldn't be able to go. And you nice think, walks. God, what have I got? Just you'd a million pound about. coins, or mm. all right, you know, a hundred. Or There'd probably be a trick, wouldn't there, in the question where it would be like, okay, you 100,000 CD singles, you're mi- safe. Yeah, up to a million pounds or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, okay, all right, thanks for answering that silly question, Dad. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. Uh, now, James, it's your turn. What numbers are left? Lots of them. We've got loads. Just Four? Yeah, four is there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, question... Can I just have a good question this question time? Question four is... A uh, bit of advice, sort of life advice. How should uh, one handle bullies? You know, if you've got like a kid at school, he's being bullied. Mm. What advice would you give to a child who's being bullied at Very school? much depends on the situation. So I don't know. Oh, great. It dep- I, I can't, can't answer that okay, question. Okay, little more Johnny, you're, I don't know, you're, you've got a friend. I don't know, it's really difficult. You've got a little friend called little Johnny. I'm not going to ask more about the relationship. <laughs> but let, let's say that you just happen to be fairly close to a boy called Johnny. He's 11 years old. 
Again, I'm not going to ask too much about it. Why? I don't know why you're hanging around with the Very funny scenario, Luke. And Johnny's all upset one day and you're like, what's the matter, Johnny? And Johnny goes, oh, there's this kid at school and he keeps... Uh, he keeps threatening me and I have to give him my lunch money and, and he said that if I didn't give it to him he'd punch me in, in the stomach. I'd probably tell Johnny to go back and attack the kid. <laughs> yeah. Next time he tried it on to practice some sort of self-defence or boxing and then just smack him one. Just punch the bully back in the face. Quite hard. Just meet repeatedly. violence with violence. Yeah. But again, it depends. I mean, if the bully's really bad and he might then come back and beat you up worse. So... Mm-hmm. Every situation's different. Okay. You don't want to encourage that, really. You don't want to make it worse. Make it worse, no. I don't know is the answer to that. I don't know. Okay. Mum and Dad, any mm. uh, parental wisdom? Very difficult. I mean, I would always say just try and ignore them and treat them with contempt. But if they were coming and grabbing hold of you and taking your lunch money, I suppose it would be uh, not quite so easy. But that's the only thing I can think of to say is to just m- make out that it doesn't bother you. Right. Uh, because I think bullies like it when people react, when people are upset or... That, yeah, they're looking for attention and to feel yeah. important. So if you, you just say, that. okay, have my money, you know, if that's what makes you happy. They're looking for an emotional response from yeah. you, aren't they? Yeah. And if you don't give it to them, then yes. they'll, they'll lose... They'll, they'll lose interest and yes. move on to someone else, yeah, hopefully. The, the last thing you can do is to get all upset and cry and, you know, run to the teacher and all that sort so of thing. So what you should do is... You know, keep keep cool and suggest other people that they could bully instead. <laughs> well, like, there's um, always, there is always you know, that. That, that, that kind of bullying treatment's not going to work on me, yeah. uh, Mr. Bully. So uh, why don't you pick on uh, little Jimmy over there? He's he's rubbish. Either <laughs> that or put a loaded mousetrap in each pocket. <laughs> right. So we go, oh, go, okay, help yourself to my dinner money. And he goes in there and there's a mousetrap in there. Very good. That'd be quite mm. funny. Loads as long as you like can... a cartoon strip, that one. It yeah, it's a bit Beano, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is a bit. Okay. I mean, I just just think that it's a long time since I was at school, but uh, we, I went to all boys' schools and there was always somebody bullying somebody at school. And I just feel that you, you only get bullied if you allow yourself to be bullied. I know it's easy to say, but if you kind of stand up for yourself and if you, if you use your wit and your intelligence and laugh at them, um, and then the bully is less inclined to pick on you. They only pick on people who are are bullyable, who become... Victims. Uh, become victims, and they become scared and upset. And you, you just have to say, I'm not going to be scared and upset. James won't mention it, but I'll mention it, that he, he got into a fight at school when he was a kid, and we discovered what it was about, and it was because somebody tried to bully him. And James James wouldn't stand for it, and it did get into a little bit of a fight. Really, but he didn't get bullied again. I mean, the fact is, you know, as far as we know, and and I think you know, you you if you've got children that say they've been buried, they have to in some way stand up for themselves, Mm -hmm. and and basically not allow these stupid people to intimidate you. Do you remember that, James? Yeah, I remember it well. What happened? Just because I was the new kid at school. And this one of uh, I sort of became friends with a guy I sat next to in class, and his friend felt he was being pushed out of the group. He felt threatened by you. He James. Felt threatened by me, and uh, so he started taking the piss and picking on me and trying to get a reaction out of me. And I kind of put up with it for a bit, and then I just turned around and smacked him one. You smacked him one. You mean you punched him? I broke him in the his face. glasses. I seemed. Well, yeah, that didn't look good. <laughs> it kind of made it look like I was the bully, but maybe I was, yeah. but. Um, it certainly put a stop to the kind of taunting and playground insults that were yeah. 
going mm. on at the time. Okay. All right, then. But so, I got dragged into the headmaster's office. It was my first week in a new school. Yeah. And I was really upset because I thought I was in really deep trouble and the yeah. headmaster really wasn't bothered at all. Really? <laughs> I thought I was going to be really, really in trouble and he just looked bored by the whole thing. Right. Probably been there a very long time. Yeah, mm. yeah. So he didn't, he was just more like, oh God, just calm down. Don't, it's not that bad. Can you just <laughs> not punch just, each other? Just stop it. Both of you just go away. You know, <laughs> kind of like that. It wasn't that yeah. serious. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. We just dealt with the whole subject of bullying. We're kind of putting the world to rights here, aren't mm-hmm. we, essentially? Um, um, so whose turn is it? Mum's turn, I think, again. Oh, okay. So pick a number, Mum. Um, number 10. Number 10. Um, and this is about holidays, and it's more advice, please. And so do you have any advice for, for packing for a oh, holiday? For packing. Because sometimes when you go on holidays, it's, it's sort of difficult to pack, isn't it? Well, I find it increasingly difficult to pack. When I was younger and I used to pack, when we went on holidays as a family, I used to pack for you and for James and very often for Rick because he was always at work and I just used to, it was just easier for me to get all his stuff ready as well. So I would pack for four people very efficiently and plan a lot of the holiday with no problem at all. But now... I'm just hopeless. Whenever Why? whenever I have to go anywhere, I sort of wander from room to room with piles of clothes in my arms going, um, uh, shall I take this? Uh, shall I take that? And I don't know. I think it's down to being old and in, I don't know. I'm not normally indecisive, but I, I'm very indecisive about, about packing, that's for sure. Okay. I always take far too much with me. So you're the wrong person to ask, it seems. I am these days. James? I mean, in the yeah. when I was good at it, I think I used to, have I used to write everything down I used to have lists and I was very very organized and strategic about it all maybe that's what I should start doing again you need to get strategic again mm. gentlemen do you have any sort of uh, holiday packing tips I like to take one bag which I have a small rucksack yeah wherever I'm going if possible and the only thing you really need is you know your passport cash your chargers you don't need clothes do you really well socks and underwear you're just and anything walk else? In socks no, and I mean, don't overpack loads of clothes because right. you always buy the odd t-shirt when you're on holiday anyway. It's very easy to do: buy a sweater or a t-shirt. Take one pair of jeans, and you can always wash them on a day off or something, and just uh, pack light. Don't pack, pack much. Pack light. Okay. Try and get it all in one small bag if you can. Mm. Yeah. I, I, in my experience of travelling. I've always found I've packed too much every time and mm. there's like always some clothes in the bag that I just never wear and I buy loads of clothes as well especially yeah, and when I mean, travelling. Socks and mm. underwear are really cheap especially if you're most holiday places you know mm. so there's really no point packing much. Just pack less. Way and, less. And just experience more real stuff on the holiday. I think that what I find is when we go on holiday in the car and because there's only two of us in the car now, we've got loads of room. So we can just say, oh, I'll take that. Oh, I'll take that. So you end up taking practically everything because, because you can. And then when I have to travel on an airplane, I find it really difficult to, right. you know, get out of that mindset. So you've been spoiled by the... the, the, the by the, the car. The, the, lack of, the lack of us in the car. Exactly. I think a good travel essentials, headphones for your Walkman, whatever, MP3 player, mm-hmm. copy of Viz... <laughs> viz yeah and a good book what's viz a good paperback small book it has to be a small book okay but what's viz but small type it's a magazine a comic like a, a british r- comedy little comic it's a rude a rude satirical comic it's great viz it's i think it's brilliant. brilliant it's a bit of an institution mm-hmm. 
dad now i don't know think you pack for holidays do you mum does it well no, no, yes no i do i do yeah. and uh, i agree with what the others have said that we always take too much and so that's the advice for everybody don't take so much okay and um but in this country of course we go on holiday in this country you never know what the weather's going to be like because you know it's so unpredictable so you say, oh, it might be, might be cold, I'll have to take some warm clothes. Oh, it might be hot, I'll have to take some light clothes. And the answer is, take layers. The, the so answer is... T-shirts, just... T-shirts, and, and you can always wear two T-shirts if you get a bit chilly. I'll tell you what the answer is, just go to a nudist camp. Mm. You don't have to pack anything. Great. Problem solved. Okay, mm. next question. Dad. Uh, number three. Number three. I think we've had number... No, no, we haven't had number three. All right, then. Uh, I wonder what you're going to say to this one. Um, what should you do... So this is more life advice. What should you do if someone offers you outside for a fight? Let's say, for example, you're in a pub and you've just spilt someone's pint, which is a... I think we are doing this question. <laughs> do you want to be on the, the, the podcast? You need to speak into the microphone. Um, anyway, what should you do if someone offers you outside for a fight? You've just spilled someone's drink in a pub. And he goes, oh, mate, did you just spill my pint? Come on, then, outside. Um, what should you do? Well, have you seen Withnail and I? Well, of course. <laughs> the, the film. The, the film, yes. Of course I have. Well, I think I'd behave rather like um, the, the Withnail character. What does okay. he do? He just blubbers. <laughs> and and says, oh, my wife's about to have a baby. I've, I've got a heart condition. If you punch me, it'll be murder. And then he runs for it. So I think that would be me. <laughs> Just be utterly, utterly cowardly. That's right. And say, oh, my, 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 my wife is having a baby. I'll buy you another pint. Oh, oh yeah, I've got a heart condition. I, I have a heart condition. If you yes, punch yes. me, it's yeah. murder. Right. Yes, I don't know what my acquaintance said to upset you but <laughs> i suggest you both take it outside and deal with it subtly. discuss it sensibly in the street <laughs> <laughs> okay fine next james now come on let's all right skip fine, that next, question. your turn uh what's the next number that's available well, five five yeah now can, can i just have a good question please? all right okay i'll pick a good question for you um all right, here's a stupid question. Do you want this one? Don't, yeah. What do you prefer, swimming in the sea or swimming in a swimming pool? Oh, God. <laughs> um, I like swimming in a swimming pool when on holiday, for instance, in Mallorca, Ollie Stag do. Ibiza. Your, Ibiza. What did I say? Mallorca. Oh, sorry. Um, no, it was Mallorca. It was Mallorca, you don't know. It was, it was. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, because, you know, you can float around and cool off when it's super hot. Swimming in the sea is a bit more. You have to be more brave, and you feel a bit more manly swimming in the sea. It's especially more in, manly in the sea. Yeah, you do. It's, it's not, yeah, you, you know, it's cold, and you strip off and run in and go. Oh, oh I'm a man. The waves have no power. So over me. I'll just simply say, oh, what do I prefer? It's, meant to be, it's just a bit of fun, James. It's just a bit of fun. <laughs> I prefer swimming in the sea because it's closer to nature. Okay, good. Good response. All right, let's move on to the next question quickly. Mum? Um, 17. Uh, question 17. Would you like to be famous? And, and, it, and if you would like to be famous, famous for what? I wouldn't like to be famous. I can't think of anything worse than walking down the street and everybody knowing who you were. You can't think of anything worse than that? Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I think it would be most unpleasant i like to be able to be anonymous and to just go where i want to and do what i want to without people watching me and knowing who i am fair enough so that's the answer to that okay very good dad uh dad your turn number 
Oh, uh, I'll have number eight, please. Number eight. Uh, oh, number eight's boring. Okay, you choose one. Number choose eight one. says, how about money-saving advice? No, no, but no. That we don't need that. Um, um, all right. Do-ba-do-ba-do, talk give, amongst I'll yourselves. I'll give you number 38. Listeners. Do you believe in love at first sight? Oh, that's an interesting one. I, I mean, I think it must happen. People say it happens, don't they? Yes, they do. Usually and, in songs. And, and yes, but I think that um, if I'm not totally mistaken, you and your wife hit it off pretty immediately, did we, you not? We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty quickly. Right from the start. Right from the start. And I think that um, it, it, obviously some people do. So ping, wow, look at that person. Gosh, wonderful. And immediately feel... Wow. Um, I don't think it happens to most people, but I think some people it does happen to. Okay. didn't happen to me. <laughs> I, I, I had to talk myself into it. Did you? you know? <laughs> Said, I suppose she's all right. Um, no, I'm joking. But I, I think actual love at first sight must happen sometimes, but I think it's very unusual. Okay. Well, I think it must happen because, well, because it does happen. We know it happens. But I think, I think the fact is... That um, a lot of people, well, obviously, there's always a first first attraction when okay. you first see someone. Yeah. You'll say to, you'll see someone and think, oh gosh, they're great, they're nice. Wouldn't mind getting to know them, and then they you do get to know them. Uh, and if you carry on liking them, then it was love at first sight. But if after further acquaintance you decide perhaps they're not quite as nice as you thought they were, then it's not love at first sight. But there are some occasions in which it does happen. when it works. Yeah. Okay, so it does exist then. Obviously, yes, I think it does. All right then. But you, but Dad said that it wasn't love at first sight for him. How do you feel when he says something <laughs> like that? Well, it wasn't love at first sight for me either, so that's so fine. So why on earth did you spend time together at the beginning? Um, curiosity, I suppose. Really? Like, I want to know how, <laughs> how strange this guy really is or something, was it? Well... Well, we'd been working together for a little while before I asked her out to go to the pictures. You basically, you'd asked everyone else out in the office. Not really, no, that's not fair. Okay. All right, uh, James. Uh, do you believe in love at first sight? Um, yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, uh, James, it's your turn. Question uh, number, please. Just pick a. An We've got ten minutes one. left. Just by pick the way, an interesting one. Uh, just pick an interesting one. All right. Well, let's see what I can do. Um, 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 hmm. Okay. Do you, what do you miss about your culture? When you go abroad, what do you miss about the UK when you go abroad? Hmm. Um, well, I lived in New Zealand for two years and I did miss the, what did I miss? The kind of emphasis on humour. Although they are quite funny, Kiwis, they're quite like a laugh. Um, <sighs> Take your time. No rush. Um... I can't think. You um, mentioned humour. I missed humour. I missed the, the comedy on TV. I missed the comedy when you're chatting with your friends, but that's not really a cultural thing. That's just a personal thing with my mates. I think I it is a bit of a cultural thing. Yeah, but Kiwis like a laugh just as much as anyone else. Um, I missed the... Integ... Oh, I don't know. Can well, we, can I we seem, just skip this? I seem this? to remember you saying that when you were in New Zealand, you missed kind of the... It was all a bit too pleasant. Somehow. Yeah, I, saw, I miss the cynicism of uh, <coughs> British culture, what, possibly. What do you mean by the cynicism of British culture? Where then? people don't take things so much at face value. Well, maybe it's people I just people I know, but 
mean, there's more are... there's more piss taking of of um Less respect for authority, is that what you mean? Yeah, possibly. And because you had been in London, London's quite a hard place to live in, isn't it? With all the people and and the... Whereas Wellington was a much nicer, more comfortable place to live in, maybe? So you're saying that sort of in London people are a bit more uh, sceptical, a bit more cynical, and and they they don't just accept things on face value, that people are more questioning? I think there's a sense of humour in being negative, which I quite enjoy. I've noticed, I find yeah. quite funny. And I like it when other people do it well and you can laugh at with them. Right. Things, and it's kind of cathartic experience of getting bad vibes out of your body, bad vibes, you know, bad feelings out of, your, out of you yes. by laughing at them okay. or laughing at negative things that you might be unhappy about or worried about or and that if you don't have that sort of uh, dark streak that there's something naive well not really i just feel like there's something missing but it's only probably because i'm used to it but in a country like new zealand which is very happy and sunny and there aren't really that many major problems going on it seems to be although there probably are they just don't talk about it it i seem to remember you telling me at the time that you missed the grit of living in london does that mean London's anything? A dirty, but also, sort of rough I and tough also, place. I also hate London. Mm. Why? Because it's miserable, and everyone in it is miserable. <laughs> but I'm just used to that to such an extent that when everyone's happy, I think there's something wrong with them. <laughs> would, <laughs> would you choose to live in a place where it's sunny and people are always happy? Yeah, I would. But really? maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I think really it's an know. interesting question. I've never lived abroad, but I know quite a number of people who have. And you you tend to get uh, them saying that they miss certain things. Yeah. Um, the most common thing that people say they miss is the BBC. Mm. Now, what, by that, I think they mean British radio and television. It's not just the BBC. I miss that a lot. But we do, uh, we're very fortunate to have extreme wide range uh, of quality broadcasting yeah, on radio true. as well as television, which in a lot of other countries they don't have. The other thing was, I remember a journalist who went to uh, work in Washington for a while, lived in Washington, and I was asking him about, uh, you know, what's different. And he, uh, he sort of said that they are less interesting. <laughs> really? Uh, th- th- this may have been an indictment of just the people he knew, and it's hard, it can hardly be true of the whole of the United States. But he was describing the kind of barbecue culture Right, and that people stand around and they say pleasantries to each other, and uh, they don't actually talk about anything important at all. Whereas, in in a you know a London party, dinner party scene, or perhaps in Paris or somewhere like that, the conversation might more likely to be more interesting, more in depth, and more educated, more challenging, and more kind of just generally interesting. So his view was people are just you know, shallow, boring. They don't say anything interesting. Yeah, but mm. I'm sure that's not everyone. Though. That's no, his can't view, be. right? That's his view. It's not, not well, your it's view. Well, it's a culture. That's not the view of Luke's English it, podcast. It's like Paris. <laughs> well, you, you live in Paris, famous for its cafe culture, okay? That, yeah. Uh, and um, that's not a stereotype. People celebrated the fact that you could have high-powered artistic intellectual discussions over a coffee in, in Paris. Or an absence kind of expected. Um, so I just think there is a European culture which you may not get in a sunshine environment. I tell you what it is, the voice of dissent. 
What do you not, mean by that? Not going down, but dissent, as in uh, disagreeing with the, the status quo, I suppose. That that's somehow something important yeah, in democracy. Some, yeah. And sometimes when you watch telly in countries that don't have things like the BBC, it feels like there's one line that's peddled and there's nothing to contradict it. And it makes you not... It's boring. So you, you, And also one-dimensional, but um, there's, there's not so many dissenting voices... You value... Whatever I say, it's going to sound like I'm being patriotic, which I'm not. But you... uh, Nationalistic. Get the impression you value critical thinking. Just the sort of general criticism. Some some people find that annoying and they find it... Think people are being rude to each other. And why are you bringing up uncomfortable subjects when we're trying to have a laugh? But I find you get more satisfying conversation out of uncomfortable subjects. You're not just being contrary. You're not just being... No, and you're not just being nice to each other, just... To be nice. Sometimes I find that I like a good argument. Sometimes I find that you're a bit contrary, though, with me. Yeah, like when we have conversations and I'm just saying something and you'll just immediately take the 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 opposite point. Well, that's where it falls down because you get into the habit of doing it (laughs) and you do it for no reason at all. So yeah, okay, I agree. All right, I'm a twat. Yes, good. I'm glad we we came to a conclusion. Um, (laughs) Do we have one more? We've got one more question. Okay, did you? Was that your question? That. Was that yours? It was, wasn't it? Okay, Mum, it's your turn then. And this is the last round. Okay. Let's see what we get in this uh, Um, final round. I'll have uh, 25. Number 25. And that is, um, uh, is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Oh, I'm going to be useless at this question because no, there isn't really. There's nothing you'd really Um, love to do. I'm more or less doing what I want to do. Well, that's good. Um, That's nice. It's a very, very boring answer, I'm afraid. You'd like to but, see the Aurora Borealis, though, wouldn't you? Well, I would, but I, I wouldn't say I dream about it and I'd move mountains to do it. Uh, it's just something I think, yeah, oh, I'd like to see yeah, that one quite day, like to see the Aurora Borealis, yeah, but uh, if, 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 I I, take if I don't, then that's it. all right, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm afraid I am very boring. I don't have... Um, what a luxury. Things. Well, maybe. You've got everything you want. Or maybe I'm just lazy and complacent. Or maybe you, you're just zen. Maybe that's what it is. You've achieved Luke. harmony. Yeah, somehow. that's what it is. Okay, all right, uh, James, Dad, what about you? I, I feel like extending the question to you too. Mm. I'd I'd like to see um, bears in the wild close up. Bears, yeah. Um, what? The, how close up exactly? Oh, just right next to the car. I'm sheltering inside. Really. Yeah, you know how you see these films of of grizzlies in Canada catching salmon in the rivers and and black bears in the woods and all that kind of stuff. Mm. They're pretty menacing, and I'd like to see polar bears. Polar bears are the most amazing animal, fearsome, yeah, absolutely scary as anything. But I just wouldn't mind seeing wild bear once, at least once. You saw a bear, didn't you, James? I just saw half a bear disappearing around a corner <laughs> when I was in was that in Brixton South London <laughs> the Catskill Mountains upstate of New York and it was late at night it was dusk we were coming back from we'd been I think we went swimming in the river and then we went for some food and we were walking back from town and Wait a minute, just, this is, sorry this is in the Catskill Mountains which is just upstate New York as you said but uh, in the countryside near yeah. New York yeah you'd been swimming and, and you were walking back yeah yeah, and it was dusk, and we saw, I saw, I was with my girlfriend, and I saw just in the dusk, just the sort of back hind legs of a bear, or just as as, as it was walking out of view around the corner. You saw a bear's ass. Kind of, I saw its 
head onwards. So I didn't see its head. I just saw its body moving away from where we were. Right. Because they don't like humans. They're scared of Especially humans. Especially you. Obviously. Yeah. So I guess it was raiding a bin or something and it scarpered and I just saw it as it disappeared in the gloom. So my girlfriend didn't see it, Jess, and she was very... Thought I was lying, basically. <laughs> she didn't believe you. <laughs> she didn't believe me. Immediately didn't believe you. She thought I was making it up. Okay. Oh. All right. um, but then later that night we heard a bit of bear around the bin, so we, we, it was there. Okay, mm. all right. Um, I'd also like to swim with dolphins really? and have sex with them. <laughs> what? It's a dream, you ask. <laughs> have sex with dolphins, really? What, what attracts you about dolphins? The fact that you can have sex with them. Mm. Can you? Yeah, look it up. <laughs> Do I have to? No. Okay, oh. controversial answer. Trust James to end it on a... That's right, bring it on a... And, uh, said to be funny and upbeat. I did. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love that kind of thing on Luke's English podcast, but uh, that's um. now going to be on the internet. <laughs> it, already, it already is. Is it? Uh, we'll look it up. What, you okay. having sex with dolphins? Not me, no. I told you it was a dream. I hadn't achieved ah, it right. yet. Right, I see. Mm. Not yet, anyway. Mm. Um, thank you. Dad, it's your turn now. Your final question. Oh. Yeah, I just gave that one to everyone. That was actually mm. mum's question, but we've got two more. Go on. Number? Oh, you want a number? Yeah. Number two, please. Number two, we've had number two. Number three, please. Number we've four, had please. Number three, we had number, number four. Th- number 18, please. Number 18. Oh, no, that's a boring question. <laughs> you choose one, Luke. You choose one. <laughs> uh, choose something okay. that's not too Dad, uh, ridiculous. What do you think of computer games? Do you think they're cool or are they sad? Well, I mean, I'm of my generation. I I wasn't brought up as a child with computer games because they didn't exist. And when they started, um, they looked like a real time waster to me. And, uh, you know, when you know that your kids, when you know that your kids should be improving their minds and learning stuff for school so they get good results and one thing or another, it does seem to be a terrible waste of time to see them sitting playing computer games for hours on end. So essentially, I disapprove of commuter, com, uh, computer games. What about commuter games? So you generally dis- disapprove of computer games? I generally disapprove. disapprove of computer okay. games. Okay, all right, fine. Um, any any defence of yeah, computer games? I think games? they're cool. Why? Moderation. I do know what Dad means exactly. And the th- sad thing with a computer game, you can spend hours and hours and hours on it, and you're left with nothing. Unlike if you're learning a musical instrument, for instance, uh, after the hours and hours and hours, you can play the guitar or you've read a book mm-hmm. and it stays in your brain. With a computer game, it kind of is wasted time. That said, it can be good for your, whatever it's called. Reflexes. Reflexes mm. and, and uh, hand-eye coordination and general computer ability, which can be useful in later life if you, you know, want to manipulate software, mm. if you au fait with computer games. It's going to help you with your knowledge of computers generally. Have any computer games, do you feel, improved your life in any obvious way? I think Street Fighter 2 is a good one because it's so competitive. And I do have fond memories of everyone sitting around really getting into it. <laughs> like, round one, fight! Um, I mean, Hadouken! That is Hadouken! Hadouken! So, All that stuff. All right. Because of the <laughs> Hello, so- Ken! Because of the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Elite is a very interesting game they've brought back out now I've never played it but I mean I've played it once Uh, twice three times a lady (laughs) Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game the text adventure yeah remember text adventures yeah it's like choose your own adventure but on a computer that's online on the BBC website 
Oh, okay. To that, that's and it takes forever. The Hitchhiker's Guide and to the you Galaxy. Have to do everything by text, and if you don't type exactly the right thing, it's it's not going to let you progress. Okay. All right. Um, well, hang on. Let me think. Let me think. I'm a big. You know, I have enjoyed computer games over the years. The uh, I like GoldenEye. Yeah. The Nintendo sh- uh, two-player shooting shooting game. Yeah. Um, I had lots of good times playing GoldenEye at university. Um, in my house, we all used to sit around and play four-player GoldenEye, and um, it was fun. great fun. I was, I used to always win, and um, we used to do they. We used to do teams, and they would be a team of three against me, <laughs> and I'd be armed with a six-shooter, and they had machine guns and stuff, and I'd still beat you, them. You're so amazing, Luke. Incredible. I don't think so because it didn't <laughs> help me anywhere in any way at all. Um, I don't think it helped my life and also I think they secretly hated me for it. <laughs> well, I, well, I we used to a... play 10 of them with Kalashnikovs and I just had my bare hands and I always used to win as well. <laughs> my the... dad's tougher than your dad. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's the thing that I don't like about computer games is what you just mentioned. They're so violent. They're violent. There's a lot of violence in um, some of these games. Which yeah, I think is horrible and I, you know it's I mean I I used to hate it when you played computer games. I used to think it was a real waste of time and also bad for you for, because they were violent. It's true that um, most of them are violent. Like you, mm. you get these games that have been, they, they've developed them for years and years and they go on about how you can do anything you want in this city, mm. like Grand mm. Theft Auto. You can do anything you want as long as it involves killing killing people, the vast number murdering of people. people and stealing stuff. Mm. Um, but, you know, yeah, you can do anything. What, can I open a shop and start my own business? No, you can't do that. No. <laughs> can I the, do an online can degree? I sh- can I sh- kill someone who has done that? Yeah. Can I kill a shop owner? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is that now, in my um, old age, I pl- I enjoy playing Tetris, <laughs> which is one of the most old-fashioned and useless compute- computer games. I think it does improve but your. I love playing it. Concentration, though. Mm. I found that I'll, after I've been playing computer games for a long time, I get I have more ability to concentrate on work if oh, I'm in a frame of mind where I've played a boring computer game for a long time. Is that just because, by comparison, the work is far more interesting probably. than the game? <laughs> what do you think about computer games of the future? We should do a whole episode on computer games, really. I have done an episode have on you? computer games. Uh, yeah, didn't I think invite was... me on, then. No, you were in England. <laughs> I was in France. <laughs> um, but have you seen this Oculus Rift? No. It's a virtual reality gaming where you put on a headset and as you turn your head, <laughs> the, the picture moves. Oh, I see. It's yeah. an immersive... Oh, virtual that, reality that experience horrible and it me. seems very realistic I've, I've never played it but I've seen videos of people playing it and they really do seem to react quite strongly to things mm. and I saw one where this guy's on a plane and then something lands on the wing and starts eating the wing and then the plane goes up in flames and he falls out of the plane in virtual reality all the way down <gasps> to the ground wow and it, the guy's going God, I've just fallen out of a plane. Wow. And it does look scarily real. Yeah, How horrible. Why yeah. would you want to do that? Really I don't know. It's oh. an adventure game where where you have to do the right thing. And if you mm. don't, it kind of ends in disaster. Oh, but there's one way of doing it. I wonder if Tetris could be useful to you. It's in, in, if there's any... If there could ever be a situation in which Tetris was useful, let's say, for example, you're in a warehouse and uh, to... someone by mistake like drops a load of boxes of different sizes and they call come tumbling down and you need to somehow but I need the thing with my thumb I wouldn't be able to yeah, control yeah, yeah. it you wouldn't be able to spin the boxes in the air would you okay last question this is yours James number let's hope it's a good question 
Number um, number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number twenty-three. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? If you could wake up tomorrow morning having gained any quality or ability, for example, patience, uh, just a suggestion, <laughs> uh, what would it be? The first two that spring to my mind are either some kind of musical ability, like out, outrageously good at some kind of musical instrument. Outstanding or, or, at the, the, the recorder, for example. Or, or skateboarding. Which one is it then? You want to be a great musician or a great skateboarder? And also, would you do it for financial gain? I mean, that would be a sensible thing, to choose something that you could earn a living from. I think you could earn a living from either of those things if you're excellent at them. Tough business, though. Which one? Both of them, really. It's not good enough enough just to be good anymore. There's thousands and thousands of brilliant musicians. Can I give you a hint? To be good at skateboarding, you've got to have a certain level of fitness, which you won't always have, whereas to be good at music, you can go on doing it forever. Mm. And also, I mean... I. Does it is it irrespective of age? If say you're eighty and no. you get this amazing ability to skate well, overnight, y- you can skate without injuring yourself. Your, your body you? would eventually, you know, your knees would would not be able to take it after mm. a while, would they? Whereas you'd still be able to compose music even when you're half dead. Go for the music, James. <laughs> <laughs> Think about the rest of the world. We would want the music. We don't want but to just watch you jumping up and down. Just to be good at music, you could be a brilliant amateur, and I'd like something I could make a living out of. You can make a living out of music, clearly. All right, well, I'll say music then. I'd like to be a multi-instrumentalist. Like Stevie Wonder. Yeah, but like Jeff Lynne. Paul McCartney. I like Paul McCartney. Um, (laughs) Okay. All right, then. Uh, That's it, isn't it? Yep. I could ask you two that question as well, but um, do you have an answer They prepared? look pretty bored by now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're struggling to stay awake. My final question to everyone is simply this. Do you have anything to say to the people of the world? Because, you know, everyone listens to this all around the world. I'd like to say hello. Nice to be talking to you. I think it's goodbye now. All right, then. Hello and goodbye. And I hope you've had a happy Christmas and a very happy, healthy and peaceful 2016. That's right. As as, um, Ringo Starr would say. Peace Peace and love, love, man. Peace Peace and and bloody love. Peace (laughs) and bloody love. James, anything to say to the people of planet Earth and maybe beyond? Because, you know, aliens, they all listen to this. Just be nice. Just don't be a dick. Yes, that's very good. Don't be a dick. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Be nice to each other. Be nice. Very good. Very good. Be nice to each other. Don't be a dick. I think that's a perfect way. Pick up litter. Pick up. Don't drop litter on. Don't drop your litter, for God's sake. And you don't have a dog. Don't, uh, what's wrong with dogs? Oh, don't get into dogs. Don't, don't get him started. Don't let's start. James doesn't don't like start. dogs. I, don't, I don't do like start. dogs. I just think they're unnecessary. Okay. 95% of the time. Ignore that, listeners. He just meant be nice to each other. Pick yeah, up litter. Can we end on the, the good say bit? please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Say please and thank you. Pick up litter. Be nice to each other. Don't be a dick. If you've got a dog, keep it under control. <laughs> okay. Don't let it poo anywhere. Okay. Um, and uh, and that's probably it, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Thank yep. you very much Thank for you. listening to Luke's English podcast. It's been lovely to talk to you. Uh, but for now, it's not. Are you going to say goodbye, bye, yes. bye with me? Yes. You have to go. I don't go bye, bye. I don't do that one anymore. Okay. I now go bye, 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 like that. Okay. Okay. You ready to do that with me? Yeah. So thanks for listening to another episode. I'll speak to you again soon. But for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, 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 bye. bye. 
Thanks again for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.